Traditions are sacred in the South. The Masters, SEC football, and fried chicken anytime. Now, add one more. Pull up a chair, fix your glass, and get ready for some good old-fashioned Southern charm. Welcome to Success in Sweet Tea, a podcast dedicated to your success in business, lifestyle, and relationships, all with a shot of Southern magic. And now, coming to you from deep in the heart of the Southland, get ready for an engaging conversation with your new favorite Southern couple, Doug and Vicki Miles. Hello, everybody. This is Doug Miles, and I'd like to welcome you today to the next episode of Success and Sweet Tea. And I'd like to uh, let you know that today we really have something that you're going to enjoy, a lot in store for you, and uh, we need to get rolling on this, so let's get with it. I'm Vicki, and it's also good to be with you today on our next episode of Success and Sweet Tea, because today we have Greta Lambert. Our special guest, who has just retired from the Alabama Shakespeare Festival with 38 years of experience there. Uh, she retired as the Deputy Artistic Director, but that's only the beginning of all the things that we're going to get to talk to Greta about today. So it's our pleasure to get to share with you her wonderful experiences. And you know, our thing with success in Sweet Tea, Doug, is always to talk about the stories of the South. Right. And always allow our guests to tell their story in their way. So today we get to do that with Greta. And Greta, start us from the beginning. How in the world did you get 38 years <laughs> in with Alabama Shakespeare Festival? Oh, that is a long story. Um, <clears throat> I was living in New York, trying to be a New York actor, and it had taken me years and years to get to New York from University of Florida, well first University of Montevallo, then University of Florida, then I went to DC for a few years, finally got to New York, got an agent, and the first job she s submitted me for was the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. And I had to have an agent, you, know, you have to pay the commission. Yes. Uh, so I, kicking and screaming, I came to Montgomery and uh, they were just finishing the building. Mm. Um, at first they just had the shops and the offices and the rehearsal spaces. Um, so we were the first people in that building. And you're, you're speaking of the blunt cultural Yes, park, yes. The new Shakespeare Theater there. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally on opening day, they were tamping down sod. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wear a hard hat to get into the actual theater for weeks while we rehearsed. And there was just something about being in Montgomery that was like, putting on a pair of old shoes. <laughs> it just fit. Yes. It yes. just fit, and I loved it. Well, the irony that you went all the way to New York for this incredible career, and then they say to you, your first assignment is, go back to Alabama. <laughs> uh, but what an incredible experience that turned out to be. I guess it's just another um, confirmation that where we think we're going to go isn't always where we wind up. Would that be true for you? Oh, very much so. I think um, as actors, I guess any career, we are taught that success is Broadway. It's getting that Tony, getting that Oscar award. Mm -hmm. And to work in regional theater, <laughs> that's success. <laughs> yes. But I would say the Alabama Shakespeare Festival isn't the normal 
local no, place, you, no, right? It's, it's not your ordinary, uh, <laughs> your ordinary theater. Absolutely yeah, not. It, it, it is an extraordinary place, um, and the thrill. I'm from Alabama, from Birmingham. Yes. And the thrill of standing backstage on that opening night in my beautiful Titania fairy dress mm. and my blue hair with the crown and hearing the excitement in the audience of the people. It, it was everything I could do not to just weep with joy yes. and pride yes. that I was gonna be part of this magnificent uh, theater mm -hmm. in Alabama. So um, it, was, it was thrilling. Yes. Well, you've had so many wonderful experiences, no doubt, but over 100 performances uh, as I was looking at some of the, the different ones that you've done, um, it, we could just start going down the list. Uh, Doug, you were looking at this earlier. There's lots um, of credits on there, I can tell you that. The Two Gentlemen of Verona, Much Ado About Nothing, The Comedy of Errors, and on and on and on, Macbeth. So many different wonderful experiences. Yeah. Um, when you were just getting started, where did you think think you were going to go with your career? Well, I have to back up a little further. Sure. When I was a kid, the way I bonded with my dad was he watched Mission Impossible, The Man from Uncle, I Spy, Honey West, all the spy mm, shows. Sure. And I thought it was so cool to be able to speak with, you know, foreign accents <laughs> and dress in disguises. And so I wanted to be a secret agent. Yes. Um, well, I soon realized that's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of dangerous. Um, and my mom said that I was always the person in class who would want to read something out loud or would want to act out with puppets, you know, a story. And it just kind of snowballed from there that I kept taking acting classes and my drama teacher at Montevallo, Nell Salamone, took me by the hand to Montevallo and introduced me to the chairman of the department, and so I was, I was on my way. I love that you still remember who helped you have that first experience because um, that's really usually the way it works. I also like the fact that you enjoyed the accents in some of the <laughs> spy movies because it has been said that we in the South have our own accent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> oh, well, I'm not really sure, just, but just I have heard that me. a time or two. Uh, but no, that, I love the fact that you, you got started at Montevallo. Yes. And then um, from there, your next step was? Was I went to the University of Florida to get my master's degree. And from there, I went to D.C. and um, just started playing great roles and that's where I learned that that was success for me was getting better at what I do and you do that by playing roles learning how to do it on your feet training is wonderful and I value my training but the best training I had was on stage playing roles the, uh, the act of creating them in rehearsal um, that's where I really grew as an actor, and I've been so lucky to play amazing roles. Mm -hmm. You really um, have. Yes. Yeah, I, I think uh, 
right around 100, like you said yes. earlier. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, that's no small feat. If you if you take that and you look at it on a per year basis, you know that's quite a few productions per year. Yes, that keeps you very very busy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> very busy. Yeah. But Yes. Happy, <laughs> but everything from driving Miss Daisy to Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah I wanted to talk a little bit if we could just yeah. be about driving Miss Daisy while uh -huh. we were here because okay. I was just some reading on driving Miss Daisy, and um, you're you did a a performance of driving Miss Daisy, you and uh, another gentleman. Tell, tell me about that. I, I just I know that had to be a lot of fun, but not not to mention what a challenge it would be to carry a show. You two. Uh, and then you doing your solo uh, theater as well. How to carry that for an hour, two, uh, you know, two. hour and a half, two mm -hmm. hours, mm -hmm. you know, and only have one intermission. Yeah, it's difficult. I know it, it is. Um, but I'll tell you, once you get out there, if you've rehearsed, you just kind of start on the road and drive, mm -hmm. <laughs> literally. Yes. Drive Miss Daisy. Yeah. Uh, James Bowen played Hoke. And he and I were friends before, mm -hmm. so we were able to develop a relationship together. And then uh, Brick Burkus played my son, who was mm -hmm. the other character mm -hmm. in the play. And uh, the beauty of being part of a company mm -hmm. is that when you work with other actors that you know, you kind of start on level six mm -hmm. of, of the work. Right. You don't have to start that beginning. Hi, how are you? I, I'm gonna. Right. Do you like to do this? Do you, you know, you just get to the work. And um, James and I just had a, a beautiful time exploring that relationship. Right. Um, and that's really what plays are about, are about the relationships. And uh, so it was very memorable. How long in your career was it before you did that? What year did you do that? Oh gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> did it take you a long time to get your courage up to do that? Yes, yes, because um, maybe I was mid-40s and she starts out age 70. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, that was some homework I had um, to do. And somebody had to, had to do some good makeup. Some makeup. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Me. You? But we have a fantastic costume yes. and wig shop at Alabama mm -hmm. Shakespeare Festival, so they really helped me um, create the physicality um, that I envisioned mm -hmm. for Miss Daisy. You know, you talked about um, the relationships that you develop. Actually, that's really true of any aspect of work. When the relationships are there, the work is easier. Yes. It's better. It's more fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. You're better at it as a general rule. Mm -hmm. And you challenge each other. You do. You really do. But I can only imagine what that um, synergy must have been like where you had to play the roles. And, uh, and I can only imagine because I've never been an actor. Mm -hmm. But I've always admired the fact that you could be anybody you wanted to be on stage. Talk a little bit about what that feels like as an actor. Um, a lot of it is about finding characters in yourself. What you have in common with the character is kind of where you start. Um, and there were basically three roles that are highlights for me in discovering and can kind of explain mm -hmm. that process. Um, well, when what I, were those three, what were your favorites? Uh, when I played Blanche Dubois, um, it was probably one of my most challenging roles. Mm -hmm. Not only Tennessee Williams' language, which is beautiful, but very difficult. Yes. Um, but she breaks. Mm -hmm. 
and I had to find that in myself mm -hmm. because I had to break right before your eyes mm -hmm. um, and so the only way to do that truthfully is to find that somehow mm -hmm. in me that edge of madness right um, so it was um, that's got to be exhausting it was it was I can I can only imagine <laughs> and then and then not only do you do that tonight you you re retool and do that tomorrow and that's night. exactly Next where my head was uh -huh. Doug. you don't just do it once you no, have to keep over breaking over. eight yes. times a week I mean, eight times, eight a, times week. a week. Whoa. Yes, yes. Eight times. I, that that's uh, almost beyond what I can comprehend. I, you know, having having to emotionally go through that. Yes. For you know, on a daily basis and twice. Twice one on, day. On one day. <laughs> yes, twice on Saturday. Twice on Saturday. <laughs> uh, that that would just be something that would just be a taxing. It, it is taxing it, uh, thing to ask is. someone. So that would be an example of an emotional breakdown. What were some of the other uh, roles that caused great challenges for you? Well, there was one that I wanted to play from the fifth grade. When I was in the fifth grade, I saw a high school production of, now it's supposed to be bad luck to say the name out loud, Macbeth. Oh, yes. But I'm not super <laughs> Um and so I wanted to play Lady Macbeth since I was in the fifth grade and it took about 35 years to get the opportunity so she was in my head mm -hmm. for years just kind of percolating and yes. simmering and because I had done Blanche I knew how to find the darkness mm -hmm. because she too breaks when the one person in her life Macbeth kind of goes off the rails to do his own thing or whatever. Yes. Um, so that was also mm -hmm. challenging. Um, you like complicated characters. Yes. Don't you? Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. You don't go for the the, the light, oh, yeah. trivial. <laughs> no, give, give me give me the stake. Throw me the stake. Exactly. Exactly. It's true though. That's mm -hmm. the fun is having these great challenges, and a role like Lady Macbeth, who's been played by the brilliant actresses of our time. Um, it, it's an it's an honor, and to have wanted to play her for right. so long was really amazing. Um, but my favorite role of all time was a new play. We have a new play program at Alabama Shakespeare Festival, the Southern Writers Festival, and there's a book by Lee Smith called Fair and Tender Ladies that was adapted to a play by Eric Schmiedel, Karen Pell. Tommy Goldsmith and Tom House, directed by Susan Willis. And um, it's about a girl in Appalachia, Virginia, from age 12 to age 70. And it's full of bluegrass music. I had to sing. Oh. You were singing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That role meant more to me yes. because I found a part of me I had no idea mm. existed. Um, in, in what way? My people are from the mountains. Oh, okay. You okay. know, they came over from Europe and went to Appalachia. I never met any of them, yeah. but it was like taking on a role marrow, bone marrow mm. deep. I, yes. I, I knew her. Now, granted, it's a great text. Lee Smith has mm. written a beautiful book. It's all epistolary um, novel, letters. So you know the characters, every thought. 
and I had played characters before where I had to do an age range, um, but I never left stage except intermission. I did hear that in yep. some of the other uh, interviews you had done, and that mm -hmm. sounded exhausting, challenging, and amazing all at the same time. Oh, it was it was a thrill. It was a thrill because the music was so good, and Karen Pell helped me learn how to sing uh, because I don't know how to sing, but there's something about bluegrass music that mm -hmm. just... It reaches down into your bone marrow. It really does. It, it does. It really does, and it was... It was in me, yes. I, and I never knew it. Right. That, um, that's so, I'm loving that because to think that not only did you have to be another character, but you had to sing and have breakdowns and other things. That's <laughs> well, I can't imagine uncovering that many, like an onion, peeling back that many layers of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, you know, I, I think about I, I am who I am. What you see is what you get pretty much most <laughs> all the time. But I can't, I can't imagine peeling back a layer and another layer and then another layer and until, until I discover something else right. that's in there. But you that's know? how she got to be the uh, incredible actor. Absolutely. And that's how uh, we're just asking her questions uh, yeah, about what it's like to be an incredible yeah, actor. That, that's why we're on this side of the microphone. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. It, 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 that's the joy of acting is that that peeling away and I'm very shy as a person and so acting lets me be me in all those different layers. Well you're not the first person I've ever heard say that but yeah. give us a little more insight into that. How can you be reserved or shy in any way <laughs> but then you're on stage and nothing is shy about that? I don't know what it is. It, the theater gives you permission I, I, I can see that. I really can. Mm -hmm. mm, I can see that. It does. Um, you know, those are like the big heavy roles I've played. But then I also had a chance to do like um, screwball comedy with Noises Off. And that was so much fun <laughs> because, you know, I was almost running into doors and yes. it, it was very physical. Uh, and then a play like um, Season's Greetings, where I play the drunk aunt, mm. you know, to play this constantly drunk person <laughs> sliding down banisters, and that's just fun. <laughs> just pure fun, finding all those crazy... And, and having several hundred people watch you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And not knowing that, gee, I have that in me. Exactly. But it wasn't just theater. You also had some TV experiences as well. A teeny bit, yes. So, but that had to be, talk about that. You've, you've said you were from Alabama. Yes. And now all of a sudden, at some point in your life, you were in Los Angeles in a studio. Talk about that. Yes. Um, before I finally settled down in Montgomery, I was in Rochester, New York at a new play festival. And it was run by Anthony Zerby. I don't know if you remember him mm -hmm. from The Young Riders and many old TV shows. Mm -hmm. And he, he kept saying to me, I think maybe it was a line, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I seemed French to him. And uh, his agent came to see him and he said, and he knew I loved mm -hmm. spies, and he said, come to dinner and meet my agent. Well, I got to the table and he said, so this is Greta, she's from France, mm -hmm. but she's in this um, new play festival. 
And I thought, okay, eventually he's going to say, ah, she was just Right, <laughs> right. So I had to go through the whole meal being French, but speaking yes. with, an, with an accent, but mm -hmm. speaking English, because mm -hmm. I sure can't speak French. <laughs> um, and so because... He really put you on, didn't he? he put oh, you on the spot. yes, he did. <laughs> but because he tricked his agent, he then convinced his agent to get them to write an episode of The Young Writers where this woman comes into town mm -hmm. and seduces Teaspoon, his character, pretending to be French. <laughs> and uh, so that was a great joy yes. to, to do that. And we were on location in um, uh, Arizona somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, in one of those great old towns that yes. they have set right. up just for the TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Brolin was in that mm. show. Um, but that that was great fun. I know that was. I, I know that had to be had to be fun. Yes. You, uh, yeah. In your um, in your years with the um, with the Shakespeare Festival here, you had you were you retired from there as a staff member, and uh, as a staff member, you you had several different duties, and um, uh, you tell tell us a little bit about those about your your time uh, as a staff member there. And uh, we know that you enter, you you enter, or you wove. I don't know if that's a word or not. <laughs> the um, your work as an actress with your responsibilities as an administrator, and uh, you know, and those things would be kind of difficult. It would seem like for you know to uh, carry on at the same time. But you successfully did that for many years. So. What's, yes. what's the gig there? I started out um, as a teacher in the MFA program. I would teach period styles and acting classes and do some vocal coaching. Um, in fact, I mentored with the acting, I mean the uh, voice teacher, Jan Gist, um, to learn how to teach dialect and how to teach voice. Um, and that's how it started. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I became director of education in charge of all the classes and we're talking classes for little kids, teenagers, adults, um, and summer camps uh, and I did that for m many years, may maybe 15 years um, and I again I discovered a great role in myself of, of teacher. Thank you for being with us for part one of Doug and Vicki's wonderful conversation with the amazing Greta Lambert. Join us in two weeks on October 3rd for part two. In the meantime, enjoy all of our episodes already streaming featuring many successful and interesting guests.